What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Curveballs and Chair Shots. My name is Brandon Tanguma. Sitting electronically more than six feet away from me via the Zoom is my lovely and esteemed co-host, Dominic Hobson. Dominic, how are you doing today? Brandon, I'm doing phenomenal. How are you this fine Friday evening? You know, I'm doing doing okay. I'm still reeling from some a series of unfortunate events. Might get a you little got the Rona? I, I do not have the Rona. I might get a little oh. worse tonight after a certain basketball game but we're gonna, we're gonna talk about that when it when it gets here but dominic you have a uh, you have family in town you you excited your dad's dad's back big dog's home the original big dog not the actual big dog that's a dog we're talking about dogs here or roman reigns yes it is true my dad is roman reigns damn Anyways, we have some unfortunate news to start off with the podcast. It seems as though this is a, a weekly occurrence now. We have to talk about some unfortunate passings that have taken place. Literally, after we ended the podcast, news came out that Bob Gibson had passed away. One of the greatest pitchers of all time. Maybe the most, possibly the most dominant pitcher of all time in his day. He has World Series MVP to his name. He has multiple Cy Youngs. He literally changed the game with his 1968 uh, season campaign. They had to lower the mound. One of the greatest pitchers of all time. He succumbed to his cancer. Unfortunately, that sucks. And we have another great pitcher who passed away today. Whitey Ford, uh, the lead, or the Yankee leader in wins, passed away today. So, Dominic, two all-time pitchers have passed away and it just seems like we've uh, lost too many great ones not only in the baseball world but just in general this year 2020 i don't know if you heard kind of sucks i mean let's let's be honest here 2020 if we could just kind of like just get to the end of the year hopefully next next year the people that go are you know more dirt bag scumbag you know people you know kind of like a kind of like a president you know who gives a shit but Gibson, Ford, I like you, like you kind of already said, two of all time greats, Gibson being probably up there in greatness. I mean, it's sad to see it. Sad to see. Did the studio audience make her illustrious return to the podcast? Because I heard a door open and she was not yeah. here to start the podcast. <laughs> yes, heard, Brandon. You I heard, heard I heard the glass you, break. You, you heard you heard you heard it? Yes. Yeah, that was her. She she's staring at me right in the eyes right now. You see the big thing that says done speaking? You click that and it, you know it kind of shuts me up. So you want me to hit it right now? I'm gonna hit it ready right here. Go watch. It was it was well, I was actually going to throw it to Dominic Hobson, the metalhead of the podcast, because we were gonna talk some non-sports or wrestling deaths that have taken place. Eddie Van Halen passed away on was it Tuesday, Dominic? Uh, I believe it was Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday, because Rob wasn't in Wednesday, Thursday. So yeah, Tuesday. So uh, Dominic, your your thoughts? You're you're the you're the metal guy. You're the rock guy. One of the greatest guitarists of all time, Van Halen. One of the most popular I mean, bands I mean, of all time. I I know I'm, you know Van Halen isn't exactly your forte, your era that you like, but you gotta show some love. 
I mean, I will say, just like how you just you know mentioned Bob Gibson, Bob Gibson succumbed to his cancer. Cancer took Edward's life. Um, cancer fucking blows. I mean, Eddie Van Halen that not not just his guitar playing, but it was kind of you know his guitar playing with David Lee Roth's fucking vocals is what really changed the game and made Van Halen the name that they are today. Um, it's terrible. It's terrible, but that's you know that's what cancer does. Cancer is terrible, and you know maybe maybe one day we can you know find a cure for cancer. Maybe one of these days. Now let's take a sharp right turn into the Major League Baseball playoffs. We only have one game going on at the moment. Only one series went the full five games, and that is the Tampa Bay Rays and the New York Yankees. Currently, it is tied one to one at the bottom of the six. The Rays have two runners on with an out. So if you're listening, you remember what happened? Maybe you know what's going to happen. Hopefully, maybe the game will be over by the time we're done with this podcast. But Dominic, your thoughts thus far, the series tied two to two. They have bounced wins back and forth, very evenly matched. As you would expect, the Rays winning with the pitching and the Yankees winning with the bombing because, you know, they are the Bronx Bombers. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's that's what we've been talking about since the beginning of the playoffs was um, the the Tampa Bays were only going to win if they could pitch out pitch the Yankees and the Yankees were going to win if they could just pretty much you know, was slap, slap dick, drop dick. Yeah. Drop, drop in the dick, drop in dick, which they're doing. <laughs> so, I mean, it hope, I don't know who I want to win right now. I kind of, you know, we'll get to it later, but there's a certain team that lost. So I kind of want the Yankees to win, but no, Dominic, it help you actually put the microphone up near your mouth. I think there we go. plugged a little bit. Shut the fuck up. I want the Yankees to win. Fuck you. Well, I do. I don't know if I'd say I want the Yankees to win, but I did pick the Yankees to make it to the World Series. So I guess I kind of have to root for them. And right now, Zach Britton has come in to the game. So the Yankees, you know, riding their horse, Garrett Cole, he gave them a solid five innings of work. Tyler Glasnow on two days rest comes in as the, uh, you know, the opener, so to speak, only pitching two innings, but he did his job perfectly. We got Aaron Judge dropping a bomb. So I mean, it, it's going to – the question is, can the pitching hold up for the Rays and can the Yankees, you know, get around the pitching and get those big boppers uh, heated up? I think, as we said, or as I said last week, the Rays, they don't have, you know, that that top hitter, but it's just kind of everybody gets the job done, you know, get a couple hits here and there and then drive them in, something that a certain team in the American League just couldn't do. But – uh, we will have to talk about that. I guess we'll talk about it right now. The no, Houston let's talk about it, Brandon. Astro- I really want to hear your analysis. The Houston Astros have made it all the way to the American Championship Series. They defeat the Oakland Athletics in four games. The three victories that the Astros got were not particularly close. The Astros, who finished the season under 500 they come out face the twins they sweep the twins they weren't exactly on fire against the twins the twins probably should have won game one but then the astros you know are the astros they get it together they win game one and game two and then just out of nowhere the astros just come and just fucking drop you talk about dropping some dick down like they just put the whole meat just right there on the A's forehead just said here you go we're dropping it and that's exactly 
what they did. I mean, just home runs galore, not only on the Astros side, but the A side as well. The ball was flying out at Dodger Stadium. And obviously, as an Oakland A's fan, this sucks. But, I mean, the Astros were kind of that sleeping giant, and they finally woke up, and they were the team that we, I, at least I thought at the beginning of the season, were going to be, especially without no fans there. They don't have to hear all the bullshit and the catcalling from the fans, and they're able to kind of just lock in and play their game. And I'm not saying I expected this to happen. I kind of thought because the A's had the success earlier on in the season, that could translate. But what the pitching just didn't hold up, and the A's who came who were cold coming into the series, they were able to get hits and drive in a lot of runs. Obviously, they didn't get enough of those runs driven in, but the Astros just showed up and just demolished the ball. And that's just something that we haven't seen all season. Is this okay. So I, I know you got to give it to the Astros. I mean, they, they kind of were firing in all cylinders at this time in history, but do you blame it more on the lack of pitching in the A's? Or do you think it's just a lot? It's just an all, all around team loss. Like you can't, you can't fixate it on one aspect of the A's you know roster where okay they need better pitching here and that's why they lost like who do you give this loss this basically a series loss to is it just a single part or the whole organization in general it definitely the the loss is going to be split up in a bunch of different ways I think a majority of it would be the pitching because if you'd have told me coming into the the series that the A's would have scored you know I forget exactly what all the scores were, but let's say they scored over five runs every single game. I would have thought, okay, they score over five runs. That should be enough, at least to keep them in the ball game. But yet they were getting blown out. They were giving up eight, nine, 11 runs. And the starting pitching really, I mean, it wasn't the best. We kind of knew that going in that the A's were going to rely heavily on that bullpen. I mean, Frankie Montas, game four, cruising through three innings and then just hits an absolute fucking wall in that fourth inning him plus some bullpen gives up five runs in an inning A's were up three zero you know all the momentum behind them try to push it to game five and then the Astros come storming back there were points where the A's could have put up more runs they relied heavily on the solo home run um, and and that's kind of another thing that's been haunting the A's all years they can't get those runners in scoring position they can't get those hits they rely too heavily on the long ball you could put blame on Matt Chapman not being there, but I mean, for the most part, I think with the team that they had and how they were playing, especially in this series offensively, I mean, I think Matt Chapman definitely does help them, but I don't think it really should have, he shouldn't have been the key difference maker. I think the A should have won this series if the pitching and a little bit better hitting was, uh, you know, if, if it showed up more. Okay. So going into the off season now, are the A's looking to try to retain most of their core and pitching, or are they going to be going on a, you know, on a trade spree, you know, signing free agent spree, or do you think they just say, you know, let's just keep everyone on? Well, the two marquee free agents going into next season are Liam Hendricks and Marcus Simeon. Now Marcus Simeon wasn't the Marcus Simeon from last year. He was an MVP candidate and hometown boy, maybe starting off with a little bit of a discount that he wants to come back to the A's. But now that he didn't have another MVP season, I think that's just going to be something we're at to look at throughout the entire major league baseball is what does the GMs, how do they equate this shortened season to 
past production. Like Marcus Simeon, fantastic last year, fell off a little bit this year. Do you equate that to him being worse, the environment, everything? Or I think that's just something that we have to look at going into the offseason. Liam Hendricks, I'm a little bit weary that maybe he leaves. You know, he's kind of up there in age, maybe trying to find a big time last, you know, a contract because this might be the hottest he's ever going to be. So might as well just kind of go in, try to cash in, whether it be on a playoff team or maybe a, you know, one of those middle of the road teams like, uh, I mean, I know they may just made the playoffs, but like a White Sox or one of those other teams that are just right there and maybe are just a few pieces away from really, you know, making that next jump. But uh, I think Tommy LaStella, he was fantastic. I think he's a guy that the A should try to resign. The second base position is still kind of up in the air. But I think with what Chad Pender did in the uh, in the postseason with the, the clutch home runs that he had, I think he should have earned himself a starting role, at least a second base, if not kind of as a everyday starter utility man. Okay, and the, the last thing I have with the A's, Brandon, can you explain to me the big issue about why what 2005 is worse than this or was it 2004 whatever Dominic what the fuck you talking about about the A's losing the A's lose all the time in the playoffs but what's you said it hurts more 2004 whatever well Dominic if you paid attention to me and Tyler we didn't say anything about 2004 what was it what year was it we talked about the 2014 wildcard game that's what it was at Kansas City. Yeah, I, I don't know how you forget that. I mean, not only... I thought you guys were saying 2004. Here is... See, guys, out there in the podcasting world, just shows you that Dominic does not listen to me. The damn I shame. Mean, I mean, I, why would I need to listen to you? You ain't my mama or my daddy. Moving on to the National League. We had a pair of sweeps over there uh, i wanted this game or the series to go five i wanted it to be close and fun i mean it had its aspects i think the big moment of the entire playoffs right now was cody bellinger robbing fernando tatis of a go-ahead run in the playoffs uh, we get bruised our throwing his hat throwing his glove and then manny machado being a little bitchy is yelling at him even though manny machado does that all the time but at the end of the day the los angeles dodgers sweep the San Diego Padres in three games, Dominic. I mean, I'm not to say that I saw it coming, but I mean, I definitely did expect it to go, you know, a little further than just a sweep, but I mean, Dodgers, I think this is going to be the Dodgers year. Finally. I mean, they got what they're the three straight world series or something like that. And they lost all of them. This is their year. Well, last time I checked, they uh, did not make the world series last year, Dominic. I, you know, Brandon, I don't remember everything. The one thing I do remember is that you're an ass. Anyways, yeah, the Dodgers, they're just cruising through this playoffs. They haven't lost a game yet, and it's just business as normal. I mean, they barely even celebrated after they swept the Padres. It, I think they'll celebrate if they win the pennant. Uh, they will be going up against the Atlanta Braves. They sweep the Miami Marlins, giving the Marlins the first ever postseason series loss in franchise history. I uh, hate to see it. I know. So, so sad. I mean, the Mar the Marlins, great story, beating the Cubs, and then they just kind of ran into the buzzsaw that was the Atlanta Braves. The Braves struggled offensively a little bit against the Reds, but they get their act together against the Marlins. And I think the Marlins are a good team. They're you know definitely going to want to look out for them next season. Uh, the Braves, they are a dangerous team. They're really hot. 
they're, you know, they got the hitting, they got good enough pitching, but I think going up against the Dodgers, it's still going to be tough sledding. I think they'll pull out a game or maybe two, but I think this is the Dodgers time to shine. And I think they're going to get it done in five. I mean, I wasn't too high on the Braves going into, I think the season, I think I, I didn't really, I mean, I think I expect them to win, but not make it to the NLDS or the NLCS, ALCS, God, wait, NL, NLCS, God. But, uh, I mean, after watching those games, I do feel like the Dodgers have a little more, you know, than what the Padres, you know, the Padres are good, but I think the Braves are just a little bit better. So I think I, I'll, I'll probably go agree with you. I'll go five Dodgers and five, but I think the Braves are definitely going to make them sweat it out. Not making excuses for the Dodgers or for the Padres. I think the Dodgers are going to win regardless, but they didn't have arguably their two best pitchers in Lamette and uh, Mike Clevenger. Mike Clevenger to pitch a little bit coming back from injury, but then he exited in the second inning. So that definitely did hurt the, uh, hurt the Padres. But the Braves, I think they probably took advantage a little bit of the Marlins being inexperienced, not being the best team. I, I mean, at the beginning of the season, I wasn't too high on the Cubs. So especially when they went so cold at the end of the year, wasn't surprising that the Marlins were able to beat them. But then the Braves with Acuna, Ozuna, and all those guys, and Freddie Freeman, the NL MVP, uh, they're going to put up a fight. I think. As I said, I think the Dodgers will win. Now, moving on to the American League, obviously we don't have a second team yet. Uh, great television, as much as I hate it. The Astros, the hated villains, making it all the way to the ALCS, Dominic. Uh, I mean, if this was pro wrestling, I think MLB would book the Yankees in the ALCS because they are one of those teams that got fucked over in 2017. And then maybe you get the Dodgers or you get the uh, Astros to go over go to the world series, face the Dodgers and the Astros. If this was wrestling, if this is all work, but it's It'll not sweet. The dot, the Astros would get swept. You, you build them up, build them up, build them up. And then just the Dodgers coming in, smack them down and sweep them. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, you know, NXT star comes on the main roster and you start building them up and then they go against Roman Reigns and Roman Reigns always goes over. Exactly. So Dominic, if, uh, does it really matter if it's the Yankees or the Rays? Do you think the Astros have a, a specific advantage against one or the other? Haven't played either one of those teams all year. So that's something to uh, look at, I guess. I mean, I would say if the if, if it's the Yankees, the Astros are definitely in trouble. Because I think, I mean, I think it's kind of the same situation that the Yankees are going against now. Yankees have power. You know, I know Verlander is out, but I still think the Astros have maybe uh, just a little bit better pitching than the Yankees. So, but then again, Astros have been hot this series. So, I if it's the Rays, I'm putting my money on the Astros. I'm sorry, I don't want to, but I feel like the Rays just aren't up to par with any. You know, their pitching can only get you so far. You need the offense. If they don't have those weapons, Astros have the weapons to get them there. So, if it's the Yankees, it's going to be a great series. If it's the Rays, I think it's Houston all the way. I think. The I think whoever wins this series going on right now, I think they will win the pennant. I think the Yankees have more than enough pitching. I mean, you got Garrett Cole, and then you know Tanaka did struggle a little bit, but I think they the starting pitching I think is more of a question than the bullpen. If you got you know Britton and Chapman at the back end to shut it down, uh, I mean the Astros bullpen 
I mean, shout out to them. I mean, they look really good. I mean, they were a little struggling during the season, but then they were able to get their shit together. Maybe it's because they were young and they got a lot of experience during the regular season. So, I mean, starting pitching for the Astros is a question mark with only Zach Granke and Granke, you know, I mean, he looked good in game four, you know, arm barking a little bit. So that's going to be something to keep an eye out on, but uh, I picked the Yankees to go the distance. So I just got to stick with that. Now, Moving over to the NBA playoffs, we have another game going on at the moment. We have game five of the NBA finals. The Lakers are winning, or the series rather, three to one, but they're losing right now in game five, trailing the Miami Heat 31 to 27. Uh, Gordon Dragic is out. I think Bam Adebayo is in. The Lakers are wearing the black Mamba unis. They have not lost this year. In the, po- in the postseason, in the Black Mamba Unis, Dominic. So, I mean, I, I think we just should just move on because it's already a done deal. The Lakers are going to win tonight, right? Is it safe? Yeah, I was going to say it's safe to say that the Lakers are going to win their 17th title. And Kobe's smiling up there in heaven, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I picked the Lakers to win. I gave them five because I thought Jimmy Butler was going to not let this happen. I didn't think it was going to happen with the depleted roster, but... I mean, it kind of just proves my point that Jimmy Butler is a, he's not a loser. He's a winner and he doesn't want to go out like that. Now, I mean, up by four, 10 minutes left in the second quarter, obviously too quick to uh, really judge what happens. Maybe at the end of the podcast, we can kind of revisit and see what's going on there. Now let's quickly, or not quickly, I guess, move on to the NFL before we get into everyone's favorite segment. There is more COVID news, unfortunately, in uh, the NFL. So the uh, Tennessee Titans are, con- they have not tested positive today, which is, I think, the first time in a little bit. They had the entire uh, facility shut down. And then the players, a group of players rather, went outside the facility and worked out together, which is definitely a big no no. And then we had kind of another wave of some potential or some positives. So now the Buffalo Bills Tennessee Titans game has been moved to Tuesday and that is uh, contingent on not another Tennessee Titan testing positive. Uh, we had on Saturday, right? I believe it was Saturday. Uh, Cam Newton testing positive for COVID. The Patriots Chiefs game had to be moved to Monday and then news came out following that game that Stefan Gilmore tested positive for COVID. Uh, the Patriots still are scheduled to play against the Denver Broncos. That game has been moved from uh, from Sunday to Monday, early Monday evening, Monday afternoon here on the West Coast. And then we had the New York Jets who had a positive. So that game was kind of up in the air. But then now that has come out that that was a false positive and they had retests and everybody came back negative. Now, Dominic, I know it's a lot to handle. But your thoughts right now on how the NFL is handling it kind of all the news from the different teams if you want to take it one by one and just kind of put it all together i have no idea what the hell is going on with the nfl i'm sorry i feel like you know being that it's such a coast i mean you talk about close contact i mean basketball's the same baseball's not super close but i mean you're literally tackling people and having people pile on top of each other you know i can see one team but when you start getting multiple teams here and you're delaying games, at what point is enough enough? I'm sorry. I mean, I'm to the point where I think it's just better off to, you know, and like I think I said it before for baseball with the Cardinals when they're having their issue, I think, or, or Marlins, whoever. 
at what point is it if it's just them and they can't get their shit together at what point do you just say fine you forfeit this game because you can't get your players to act fucking responsible and keep them quarantined and tell them not to go out and do things at what point do you start punishing just the teams because if, if you they can't do it then they're gonna get other people sick and then this is a vicious cycle and people can die and I also forgot to bring up the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. They had they had a whole controversy that they were at a meet and greet, whatever, without a mask. And then now it's come out that I think a player or two have been put on the COVID list. So uh, just add another team. But I don't think that game is really in question at the moment. But yeah, I mean, we I think we talked about it kind of obviously throughout the entire offseason that the NFL is not going to do a bubble. We've seen the NHL, NBA, other teams leagues that the bubble definitely works now is it too expensive uh, yeah is there too many people to kind of corral and get everybody in line in, a, in, a, in an nfl bubble yeah but it's like if you want to get this done if we're not going to do a bubble i think the nfl should have had more scheduled either have everyone have sk- two scheduled bye weeks have a little bit more time scheduled between the end of the postseason or the end of the regular season into the start of the postseason just so you can have a little bit of time to work with because now i mean we're in week five the Steelers Titans scenario was a little bit easier because you had, you know, bye weeks that kind of matched up and stuff like that. But now that we have, you know, these games going into Tuesday, then that messes up the Thursday night game. And it's just, it's all over the place. I think we're definitely, I mean, the Tennessee Titans had an outbreak. You can't just say that they had a, a little flame up like some of these other teams. It was a literal outbreak. And, We've seen it in baseball. They kind of had to deal with this early on in the season. They got their shit together. We didn't see, I mean, we saw the A's, but they were only off for like a week. It wasn't too bad, just the one test. And I mean, as fantasy football managers, you know, obviously this is kind of a headache because you're, especially if you got some people on that Tuesday game, you might put some, you know, put all your eggs in a basket of Derrick Henry or Josh Allen. And then out of nowhere, they're not going to play now. So it just kind of sucks from all different scenarios. How would that work, honestly, for fantasy? Like, because Monday is usually the the last day. Would that mean, would it go into Tuesday or? Tuesday night, the Buffalo Bills and Tennessee Titans game goes into this week's of football. Oh, okay. Just, just, just curious. Well, it is on this week's episode of Dominic's Picks, which I guess we can get into it right now. Dominic, it is time for everyone's favorite segment. Dominic's Picks. Brought to you by Raise Energy. If you guys would like to try some Raise Energy, go to raiseenergy.com. Get a free four pack. Mine just came in the mail. So there you go. Just got to pay $10 for shipping and handling. And if you like what you taste, go to repsports.com. That's rep with two P's, sports.com. Make sure to use promo code CBCS at checkout, get 15% off all Raise Energy products. Now, let's get into yesterday's Thursday night football game. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers lose to the Bears 19-20. to Now, I correctly pick the Bears to win. Last week, Dominic, you had a little bit of a rough time. You went 7-8, and bringing your record to 41-24 and 1. Still quite above 500, so I got to keep your head up there. I went 10 and 5, which brings my overall record to 44, 21, and 1. Dominic, your reaction to Tampa Bay losing to the Bears? You know, there's the whole meme going on of uh, Tom Brady not realizing that uh, 
fourth down and he throws an incompletion, cost them the game, not cost them the game, but obviously ended the game. I mean, yeah, Tom Brady's my quarterback. Yeah, I'm fucking pissed off, but wait, this is Tom Brady, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He should know better. What the hell is this man doing, Brandon? Like, come on. And, you know, he didn't give me a lot of points of fantasy, but I'm not going to bitch about that right now. I'm going to bitch about the fact that he lost the game for Tampa Bay, you know, you know, I, I don't know. I, I he he needs to get his shit together. I, I know it's a new team, new everything for him, but man, this is getting sad. I think people kind of forget that Tom Brady last year did not look very good. He looked old. He had flashes of the old Tom Brady, but then he also had a lot of flashes of being old Tom Brady. And I think people kind of think that oh he's in a new system he has mike evans and chris godwin he has all these weapons around him that that's going to magically make him better it's not and it hasn't quite yet and i i still have i'm not gonna i mean i didn't pick him at the beginning of the season to really do too much unlike somebody on this podcast but uh i, I think they're still going to be in a lot of games they're maybe have a playoff push i mean with the extra wild card i think they're going to get in there but let's go to the mailbag a little early because we have a question from Tyler Gunderson, frenemy, friend of the frenemy podcast, Trapdoor to Hell, and also co-host on Points and Doinks. Drops every Tuesday if you need some. You're not allowed. To, you're not allowed to plug uh, Points and Doinks anymore. Fuck that podcast. Anyways, he asked a question via the Curveballs and Chair Shots Instagram. Give us a follow, Curveballs and CS on the Instagram. So Tyler asks: After the Bears win against Tampa Bay, uh, after the Bears win against what looks like a ta- a decent Tampa Bay team. Are the Bears a sleeper pick to make the playoffs, or is this one win just a fluke? Uh, you know, for, first of all, thank you, uh, Mr. Gunderson, for the question. Um, I'm not going to say the Bears are a sleeper pick. I feel like they have... They need to figure out their Q- QB situation. You can't say BDN is is the going to be the savior of the team. He's not. Um, they need to figure out that. But you can't just go back to Mitchell Trubisky. True. That is very true. You're going to ride that BDN all the way to the playoffs, baby. I mean, if, if they make the playoffs to BDN, are you are you going to trade Trubisky? You're going to keep him on, on your bench? What do you do with him then? I mean, I think at this point, you kind of just cut your losses because it's you, you benched him three weeks into the season. He's a young quarterback, but he has all these weapons around him. You would think that at some point he would get it together, and he's just not making like the easy throws. Now, we thought, I mean, I think you picked the Bears to beat the Colts. They did not get the win. That wasn't a particularly pretty game against the Colts, the Colts, another kind of mid tier playoff caliber team. The bears are going to have to play in division against the green Bay Packers, the Minnesota Vikings. I think those are definitely going to be watermarks to see exactly where they are. Cause the bears, I mean, who knows exactly where they can be. He, they did the comeback against the Atlanta Falcons, but it's the Falcons. I mean, come on. So I think right now you got to kind of temper expectations with the bears. I think they definitely have playoff, I'm going to say expectations, but I think they could make the playoffs. I just kind of, I don't really have the, you know, stat or the standings in front of me to kind of do all the math quickly, but 
I think the Bears, with now them being four and one, they are definitely in a good spot to make those, you know, back end wild card spot, if not challenge for a division. Oh, I actually have a breaking, like, would it be breaking question or, you know, breaking news? This this just in from the Curveballs and Chair Shots Facebook page. This is from Dominic Hobson to Brandon Tanguma. Trade Brown for Ingram. Are you saying you're hold on? I, I, Dominic, are you asking me to uh, trade Hollywood Brown for Mark Ingram? Possibly. At first, I thought you were high and asking for Malcolm Brown, who is not on my team anymore. What? I thought he's on your team still. Sorry, but he, so you were asking for Malcolm Brown. I thought he's on your team still. Malcolm Brown is not on my team, Dominic. M. Brown. Yeah, M. Brown. Marquise Brown. Oh, Marquise. Yes, Marquise oh. Brown, who clearly is in a purple uniform and says Baltimore wide receiver, not Los Angeles Rams or running back. I'm going to shut up now. They're going to play some pitch here for you. Okay, Dominic doing the uh, the supposed to be cute baby voice, I guess, but maybe it works with the studio audience, but it doesn't work with me. Now, let's get into Dominic's picks. We got a little bit less of games on the slate. We have the Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers on a bye. We have the Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the Bill O'Brien less, 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 I don't know, uh, Houston Texans. Dominic, your thoughts on Bill O'Brien getting the boot and how this will affect the team going forward. He fucking deserved it. He was a menace to that organization. I think Deshaun Watson better off without that motherfucker. And I think this week I give it to the Texans. I think they have a new fire under them with a new coach. I, I think the Texans beat the Jaguars. I will agree with you. I think the Texans will win this game. Now, Bill O'Brien did call plays for like a week, but for the most part, he wasn't really the guy behind the offense. Roman Cornell is stepping in to be the head coach. He's more of a defense-minded guy. So the offense, I don't really think is going to change too much. So that being said, I don't know if you can really expect the offense to really you know, make that next step. But I think just having a culture change, there was news that came out that JJ Watt had a massive blow up with Bill O'Brien, I think a few weeks ago. So that's definitely going to help him. And I think last week was definitely kind of that turning point that he kind of lost the team. So uh, Jacksonville offensively, I think a key up can keep up with the Texans, but I think the Texans can outlast them. Now let's go on to Baltimore as the Ravens will host the Cincinnati Bengals. Congratulations, Mr. X. The Bengals get their first win. Joe Burrow gets his first win as a quarterback. Uh, There is news that Lamar Jackson dealing with a little bit of a knee injury, but it seems as though he will play on Sunday. So I'm kind of torn, Brandon, because I feel like a healthy Jackson, this is an easy pick. I feel like if Jackson doesn't play, there's a small, small part of me that wants to give it to the Bengals. So am I allowed to do that? Am I allowed to have two picks or do I have to take one pick? I think right now, the you know what, Dominic, I will, uh, I'm not going to let you make two picks, but I will <sighs> kind of see 
what Lamar Jackson's status is. Because I, I think from what I've seen is that he will play, but it just is a matter of what his uh, status is. So right now he is listed as questionable, a knee slash illness. I think he also had kind of a stomach bug uh, during the season. But uh, you know what? I'll go, with, I'll go with the Ravens. I'll go with the Ravens. I feel like if he does start, or even if he doesn't play, I still feel like I still feel like the Ravens are still going to be able to click around that backup QB. I will go with the Ravens as well. I mean, I'm kind of I'm not depending on Lamar being the quarterback, but I think he will play, and I think that they will uh, handily defeat the Ravens, but possibly this could be another marquee game for Joe Burrow being able to put up some points against that Ravens defense. Now going over to Atlanta, the Carolina Panthers who have been a a decent team, even though they've lost uh, CMC for the last few weeks, they take on the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons are just continuing to be on that struggle bus. The Panthers possibly looking for the upset here. And will they pull it off Dominic? Ah, you know, I think the Panthers will win. Uh, the Falcons are kind of the trash can of the league right now, so I'll go with the Panthers. And I will disagree with you. I will go with the Falcons. I think uh, Dan Quinn might be fighting for his job here, not saying if he loses this game he's going to get canned in, you know, on the flight home, or not the flight home, on the you know bus ride back to his house. Because I don't, I don't, I don't think he drives a bus to his house. I think he'd drive a car to his house. But anyways, uh, yeah. I'm gonna go with it. Uh, shut the fuck up. I'm gonna go with Atlanta to get the win. Now we get the Las Vegas Raiders traveling to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. Dominic, you, you've picked the Raiders every single week this week or this year. Now I know it's the Chiefs, so maybe you can kind of back off that claim. They lost to the Patriots, lost to the Bills. Dominic, do they get off the schneid and break their little slump? So, I think I said this last week. I want to go with my heart. Just tell me the Raiders, my brain's telling me the Chiefs. I listened to my heart last week, and it was broken, Brandon. So, I'm listening to the brain this week, and I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Smart, smart man. You are Dominic. I will go with the Chiefs as well. I mean, the Raiders playing the the Patriots didn't really get didn't get it done there playing the Bills didn't get it done there I think it's gonna be more of the same against the Kansas City Chiefs now we're gonna go and talk about the birds the Arizona Cardinals taking on the New York football Jets we thought this game might be in question but it seems as though it will be played obviously I mean this entire season schedule can be predicated on some last minute COVID tests and just everything gets thrown out the window, but the Cardinals will take on the Sam Darnold list jets. Joe Flacco will be the starter for the jets. How much does that affect the team offensively? And do they uh, get the win here after the Cardinals have been kind of struggling the past few weeks after getting off to a hot start? I mean, I, I think Flacco will help a little bit. Um, I don't think it's going to help enough, though. I think the Cardinals will kind of bounce back and, you know, get the job done. All right. I think this is where I'm going to differentiate from you. I got to take one of those wild card picks. I will go with the Jets to win this game. Don't really have a reason behind it. It's just going to be one of those gut games that I pick. And when I look back next week and I was like, oh, I'm I'm an idiot for picking that. But I got a little bit of a lead here, so I got to try to advance that. We get the... 
Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers coming off of their uh, bye from last week. Didn't think they're going to have a bye, but they got one because the Titans have a COVID outbreak. So they will be well-rested taking on the Eagles who beat on the beat-up San Francisco 49ers on a Sunday night last week. Didn't exactly look pretty. They did get the win, though. Maybe get a little bit of momentum, but that steel curtain is uh, very tough to handle. I mean, it's the Steelers still, and they're on rest, so uh, it's the Steelers, and their defense is pretty badass still. Yes, I will agree with you. I will go with the Steelers as well. Now we got the Los Angeles Rams, Dominic, the Rams, taking on the Washington football team. They will not have Dwayne Haskins under center, but instead they will have Kyle Allen, not to be confused with Josh Allen, but we also had, not only is Dwayne Haskins demoted, he's the number three quarterback because Alex Smith will be waiting in the wing. So we could possibly get the return of Alex Smith, but uh, the Rams, they continue to uh, get on a roll, struggled a little bit against the Giants last week. They got another kind of easier game against the football team this week. Does the new quarterback help the, the team to uh, compete with the other team? God, that was horrible. But no, I think the Rams will take this one pretty considerably. Considerably? Yes. Okay. And I will go with the Rams as well. If I wouldn't be shocked if we see uh, Alex Smith in this game. We saw that with the Broncos, that – Sometimes teams, just if you're playing with a backup, they, they're they they're willing to go to the third string guys. So that's uh, something to look out for. Now we got the Miami Dolphins taking on the San Francisco 49ers. The Dolphins gave a, gave a fight to the Seattle Seahawks last week. As I said earlier, the 49ers coming off of that loss against the Eagles, still struggling with injuries over there. Dominic, can the 49ers bounce back? I think they'll bounce back. I, I, I'm not going to say the Dolphins don't have a chance, but I mean, they, they have been surprising me this season so far. I feel like they have a better chance with Nick Bosa being out. I think they're, I think the Dolphins defense is going to not going to say keep them in the game, but it's going to stop them from being a complete blowout. So go, I'll still go with the Niners though. And I will go with the Dolphins. I said last week that don't be shocked if the Dolphins beat the Seahawks. They they didn't like come completely close, but they hung in there. And I think the 49ers are considerably worse than the Seahawks. Yes, this is in San Francisco instead of Miami like it was last week. But I will go with the Dolphins to pull up the shock of the week. Now we get uh, maybe, maybe the worst game on the schedule. Uh, they got the New York Giants taking on the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys coming off an absolute fucking drumming as the Browns just destroyed them offensively. And uh, that Dallas Cowboy defense, not very good. That New York Giants team is not very good overall. It is a divisional matchup, so maybe the the Giants could kind of pull one out their ass. They, I, don't, I mean, obviously they don't have the weapons like the Browns do to kind of take full advantage of that terrible defense, but Dominic, can they do the? Can they pull off the upset and really, you know, make this Dallas Cowboys season even worse than it already is? I really hope. I really hope they do. Um, 
I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pick the Cowboys, but I, I would be really excited if the Giants just pulled one of their ass. I will go with the Dallas Cowboys as well. I think they're going to win this one pretty handily, but uh, the Giants trying to kind of get right offensively, I think going up against that Dallas Cowboys defense from maybe a fantasy football perspective, maybe something to keep an eye out on. Don't like expect too much from them, but I think the, uh, the Giants will maybe, I think they'll impress just because that Dallas Cowboys defense is just so God awful. Now, moving on, speaking of those Cleveland Browns, they host the Indianapolis Colts. So two teams coming off of a win two kind of, you know, playoff caliber teams. The Browns are three and one, a little bit of a surprise. They have a, a weaker schedule, I would say. I mean, you know, they went up against the Ravens who just got absolutely shellacked. So that kind of shows kind of where they are at. But going up against Indy, another kind of those middle of the road teams don't exactly know who they are quite yet. But uh, I think this one's kind of a hard one to pick, Dominic. So then I will ask you the question, Brandon. Who do you got? I will go with the Browns. Now, I know Nick Chubb is out. That's going to hurt them. But I think Kareem Hunt has been uh, very good in his, not his absence, but being his backup. And he's been very good in his own right. I think offensively, the Browns, not saying they're really getting it together because I still think there's a lot of question marks with Baker Mayfield, but I think defensively the Browns can hold the Colts enough in check because I'm not too scared of that Colts offense that the Browns can kind of outpace them. Then I will go with the Colts to be different. I think Phil Rivers is a underrated quarterback. I don't think it's going to be, you know, a champion anytime soon, but I, I think he can pull it out of his ass. I mean, it's Philip Rivers. We've seen him do it for so many years in San Diego. So I'll go with the Colts. Now let's move on to the Sunday night football game. The Minnesota Vikings will take on the Seattle Seagulls in Seattle, Minnesota, kind of getting their shit together a little bit. They beat the Houston Texans last week. Now we're going to have to wait and see exactly how bad or how good the Houston Texans exactly are without Bill O'Brien, but the Vikings kind of get in together. The Se Seahawks, as we kind of said, struggled a little bit against the Dolphins, didn't destroy them as maybe they should have or could have. So Dominic, a uh, possible shootout. Both of these offenses kind of have the weapons to do it. Both of these defense are not very good. So uh, I think it's going to be a high scoring affair. And I think Russ will probably outpace Kirk Cousins. Hundred uh, percent. I think Russell will go for six touchdowns and just fucking go crazy like he's been doing. So I'll go with Seattle. I'm gonna go with Seattle as well. I think Minnesota. I picked them to win the division. They're starting to figure out some things. I think the defense, if they can just kind of put together a full, what you know, four quarters of solid work i think they could be a, a really good team because i think that offense especially now that they have a, i think is the rookie jefferson i believe his last name is he's definitely uh come on to the scene so i think that passing game to compliment dalvin cook can uh, be very scary now getting on to the monday night afternoon games the uh denver broncos will challenge the new england patriots still i i believe uh, Cam Newton will not play this game. There was maybe a possibility, but I think at this point it's not going to happen. So we're going to have the battle of the backups. It looks like 
uh, Denver against New England. Dominic, uh, what's going to happen here? I'll stick with New England. I feel like they're still better overall than Denver. So I'll go with New England. Even if Cam plays or doesn't play, I don't care. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with New England as well. I think the defense, I mean, it's not exactly what it used to be from last year. I think they can take it, they can, you know, hold the Broncos enough in check. I think, uh, I think Ryan Stidham is starting over Brian Hoare. I'm not exactly sure on that front, but I think New England will be able to get the win. Now, the actual real life Monday night football game, the Los Angeles Chargers take on the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans. Uh, we have injuries on both sides that will affect this game. We have Austin Eckler, who will be out for four to six weeks. And we got Josh Kelly and uh, Justin Jackson in the backfield replacing him. And then Michael Thomas. It, it looks like he's on his way back. He could play this week. Dominic, if Michael Thomas comes back, does that mean that the New Orleans Saints will kind of get back to normal and look like themselves in the past few years offensively? I think so. Um, but that, like I said, that, that's if Thomas comes back. If not, then I think this game can be either one um, to win. So if Thomas is back, you know, I, I think no matter what, I'll give it to the Saints just because I feel like they're just a little bit better than the Chargers. Justin Herbert is definitely uh, shown out. He is now officially the starter for the rest of the season. Uh, they, uh, I almost said Jeremy Lynn. I think his name's Anthony Lynn. He came out and said that uh, early on when it first happened that uh, Tyra Taylor, once he's 100%, he'll be the starter. But obviously that didn't happen because Herbert has just absolutely balled out. So I think being a, a marquee game, this should be a lot of fun to see how the rookie stands up to the pressure going up against a big time team like the Saints. I will go with the Saints as well, but uh, I think this uh, this matchup will be a lot of fun. Now we don't have a Thursday night game because that now has been rescheduled because of COVID. But we have a Tuesday night game: the Buffalo Bills taking on the Tennessee Titans. That's if this match even happens. Dominic, who's going to win Tuesday night football? Brennan, who circles the wagon? Nobody circles the wagons. Like the Buffalo Bills. I'll go with the Buffalo Bills. I will go with the Bills as well. Who exactly knows what this whole COVID situation has done to the Titans in terms of preparation and everything like that. I think if everything was equal, the Bills are a better team. I know I did pick the Titans to make it to the Super Bowl from the AFC. Eh, that, that ain't looking so hot this year. But I still have faith that they will be a good team going forward. It is only week five. But hopefully there's just as a, a little bump in the road for them to get the Super Bowl. Well, even if it's a little bump in the road, I mean. Pretty big bump. It, yeah. But the Bills are kind of on fire in my opinion. So. All right. That'll do it for the sports segment on the script. Now let's move on to the mailbag, Dominic, for Mr. X's questions of the week. Bump them. There we go. All right. So I, I know before we started the recording. I heard Brandon, Mr. X is coming for that ass. Coming for that ass. First of all, he says howdy, which 
Oh, by the way, Dominic, I don't know if you've seen this, but officially Mr. X changed his name on Twitter. Not like his handle, but it says that his name is Mr. X. So, you know, you're you're an influencer, Dominic. Congratulations. Look at that, my boy, my man, Mr. X. Anyways, he says howdy. So howdy, Mr. X. How you doing? Uh, So, Brandon, I don't know if you remember this conversation, so I'm just going to read it. And I want to see if you remember the conversation. I guess that just means that you didn't remember the conversation. Oh, no. When I read this, I remembered it. And I was like, I remember exactly. Are you ready? So it goes, first off, what the hell is wrong with ketchup on hot dogs? Ketchup is my number one go-to. If they don't like it in places like Chicago, whatever, I got two wards for them. So what do you have to say about that, Brandon? I mean, I wasn't exactly burying the ketchup. I was mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I'm just saying, if you yeah, were to go to Chicago, that people would bury you. I mean, you know, I mean, I like ketchup. I actually do the ketchup mustard combination with the relish. So I do technically put ketchup on a hot dog. You know, but I do ketchup onion and it tastes so delicious. delicious. Oh, now we got the studio audience chiming in on the ketchup. Yeah, you want me to put it on right now? She'll fucking tell you how it is, dog. I put Hot. ketchup on everything. Okay, not everything. Okay, okay. I don't need. I don't need. I don't need the uh, the world knowing you, baby. Shh, shh, shh. What? I'm trying to read a question. Mr. X's question. It's important. Anyway, second. Now, now that the hot dog debate is over, and just ketchup one. Um, the Bengals have the first win, so shines a good deed in the weary world. Bengals get a win. I think we already covered it. Great, grand, wonderful. Move on to the next win. Uh, Joe Burrow looking damn good, by the way. You got a good one over there. Just don't fuck it up. So this is this is probably a question more for you because, you know, <clears throat> the Reds. <clears throat> uh, is there anything the Reds can do to keep Trevor Bauer? Well, Trevor Bauer is on the Twitter machine and he's kind of, you know, saying all these little sly things. Someone asked him, you know, you know, it was a great time of you on the Reds and blah, blah, blah. And Trevor Bauer's like, who said my time with the Reds are done? Winky emoji. Oh. So there is a possibility that Trevor Bauer could come back. I mean, Trevor Bauer has been out there and said that all he wants to do is just take one-year deals for the rest of his career. Now, is that realistic? Does he really want to do that? If someone out there like the Padres or the Yankees gives him like, you know, three, four years for a hundred million dollars or whatever the hell will he take it who knows so i think there I'm is for sure he would i think there is a possibility that he would bring he would go back to cincinnati i mean the reds are a damn good team i mean yeah they might have fizzled out in the playoffs but i think if they just kind of put one or two more pieces together i think they they could be dangerous i mean if the offense just even showed up they could have yeah probably should have won that series yeah i agree all right brandon this first this long it's a long statement so i'm gonna cover just you know bits piece by piece okay you ready so it goes uh do you ever get superstitious watching your favorite teams by that i mean have to sit in a certain way have to wear certain things etc the worst i have ever got was during the amazing run my mighty ducks had in 2003 playoffs i would sit in a certain way wouldn't move until commercials because i thought it would bring luck so brandon going over breaking news the rays just hit a home run tank off of Aurelis Chapman in the bottom of the eighth. So here we go. Okay. Anyways, we were talking about this amongst ourselves during the week. You were day day buzzed watching uh, the A's, and that's the when they won that game, right? So would you say you were superstitious, right? 
All right, so I'm just going to take you my through my entire uh, thing that happened throughout the, pretty much the entire playoffs. So, okay. game one, I watched the first game of the season or of the postseason against the White Sox. I watched at my aunt's house. They lost, so like, okay, whatever. Yeah, I watched the rest of the games at my house. The I watched game two in my room. So then game three, I watched it in my room. They won. So then game one of the playoffs, I watched it. You know, I, I mean, I, you know, kind of switched it up, blah, blah. So I kept it going for game one of the Astros. They lost in my room. So then I kind of switched it up a little bit. I started, wa- I, you know, I watched it somewhere else. Then they won. And then I kept it in the entire, uh, I had the cat on my lap pretty much the entire time when they won game three. So I had to do that the entirety of game four. Obviously that didn't work, but I also had the rally seltzers now, cause I drank a lot during the wild the wild card series so i, I drank a, a lot there and so then i continued my drinking through the games and then when they start losing you know that just turns into sad drinking but then i also yeah. implemented the rally seltzer because i think game three when they made the comeback i brought out the rally seltzer and then that's when i think chad pinder hit that go-ahead home run and, and that so really like, put them over was that rally seltzer so then the next time next game i brought out the rally seltzer and i think this was kind of when the game wasn't completely out of hand, but the A's were kind of, you know, a few runs behind. So they, there was a chance. So I brought out the seltzer and then yeah. Ramon comes up and hits a bomb. So those, that, those are my uh, strategies. So he, so I want to say when I, you know, maybe a few years back, maybe before I became an A's fan, when I was still riding high on my giants, I remember anytime me and my brother would watch a game and, you know, I'd be sitting somewhere in the living room and, they would just be getting dominated and then I would switch spots. And right when I switched spots, someone would hit a home run and my brother would say, you don't fucking move from that spot. And I would literally sit there the rest of the game. And if they win, they win. If they lost, they lost, whatever. But I, I do agree. I think uh, superstition, I, I think everybody has those superstitious ways, no matter who you are, what team you root for, whatever sport it is. I think everybody has that. I have to be wearing this. I have to sit here. I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to eat this nacho with, with cheese and jalapenos and onions or we're done. Um, but continuing on with it, he says he would get back in position when it came back on. I stopped doing these things like that a long time ago because I realized it was driving myself crazy. Every so often I thought I'd catch myself doing something weird and have to stop myself to, to save my sanity. So Brandon, being that, uh, you know, you literally lost your mind because you were drinking in one room, drank in another room, had a cat on your lap for a couple games. Are you going to keep these superstitions up or are you just going to stop? It's a season by season thing. Cause I think 2013, I had a, a specific Jersey that I would wear to the playoffs. So then I wore the like back-to-back games. They won. So then like, sometimes I have yeah. like a, a shirt or a Stop Jersey that like, it. I'll strip. Sorry. I'll strip. No. <laughs> She doesn't realize that I'm unmuted because I'm doing Mr. X's question. So she's just yelling at the dog. So for the most part, for like in-person things, no. like going to the games, I don't really have too much. I mean, I don't really have like a lucky shirt or anything like anymore. Yeah. But I think like if, if something were to happen, like if I wore something that happened on a specific day, like if we saw another no hitter, then maybe I would kind of remember that and try to bring that good juju next time. Okay. Okay, well, that's it for the sports. So, bye, Tyler and Travis. Travis whatever. Tyler, Tyler, Tyler sticks around. It's a mm. I don't know. You know, he, he, he sticks around for you, not for me. Um, on to the wrestling. 
are we on the verge of another Bullet Club split after Jay White and Evil trade verbal barbs? Quite possibly. We have Jay White, who uh, was the leader of the Bullet Club for a long time. And then we get Kenta. Now we got Evil. I don't see Jay White turning babyface anytime soon. I definitely don't see Evil turning babyface anytime no. soon. I, I think it's just two heels, you know, going no. at it. It, it. We see this kind of all the time that if this is how they, you know, you have the, the two heels tag teaming for the first time, and then they just end up yelling at each other because they can't get along because they're everyone's an asshole. I mean, I could really care less. You couldn't so, care less. Tom. I couldn't. Because if you could care less, that means you actually care quite a bit. You could care less. You, you, you want to yell at the studio audience, Brandon? No, because I'm scared. Okay, good. Uh, is it too soon for Orange Cassidy to challenge for the TNT title again? Yeah, I was going to bring this up. Why does Orange Cassidy get another shot when he just lost it to Brody Lee? Like just because he showed up on the ring, like de- or at the, on the stage, like this is something WWE does all the time, and AEW is trying to pride themselves on being the sports-like promotion that has rankings and everyone earns a title shot, and yet Orange Cassidy just trots out there after losing his last title match, so then he just gets it again. I mean, then again. It is a different champion, so you could just say, like, you know, yeah, maybe I lost to him, but I can beat you. You know, there, there's ways around it, though. I mean. But you would, I would think that AEW has a deep enough singles roster that they could pull someone out that didn't just lose, like, two weeks ago for the same championship. Whatever. I don't really care. Um, Brent, could, you care could you care less, though? I couldn't. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, what happens to Adam Cole's storyline now that Rich Holland suffered the horrible leg injury. So I don't know if Rich Holland was exactly like the guy that beat up, like he wanted to beat up Adam Cole. So he went out out of his way to beat up Adam Cole. Maybe there's a storyline to where it was Roderick Strong and Bobby Fish who paid off Holland to attack Adam Cole. And then we're going to get Cole and O'Reilly as a team going up against Strong and Fish. So obviously with the injury that throws a wrench in the plans whether it was going to be a three-on-two or a three-on-three with someone else coming in. That definitely does suck. So, I mean, I mean, there's a lot of injuries that have been going on in NXT recently, and I don't know if there's a curse or, or what, whatnot, but that, yeah. that was a tough one to watch. I didn't get to watch it, so I'll have to go back and watch it. Um, let's see. Come on, Dominic, uh, watch the tape. I'm going to watch you. I'll watch our tape later, Brandon. Oh, um, yeah? Uh, Speaking of oh yes, Bailey and Sasha is the only feud in a long time that deserves to be in Hell in a Cell match. I think that's just a statement, not a not a question. But, but yeah, um, are they going to be in Hell in a Cell? Do you think they'll have another Hell in a Cell match? I, I mean, this will be I, their I, first. This would be Bailey's first, Sasha's second, third, third. Oh yeah, she had one Charlotte too. I forgot about that. Yeah, so I think the feud like deserves it because it is kind of like a blood feud. But I think just like why is this match taking place this early on? Like that's just the problem with these gimmick pay-per-views is you have to force feed a match that probably doesn't call for it at the moment for that gimmick. 
but yeah, because yeah. it's a hell in a cell pay-per-view you have to have usually, you know, one men's match and one's women's match or two of the top singles title matches on there. Yeah. I mean, I mean if they just, have it, if it's cool, it'll be cool. I mean, Be- Becky and Sasha tore the house down. So I think Bailey and Sasha could do it too. So the one bright spot of that entire show, which I'm sitting in the chair right now. Anniversary was three days ago, Dominic. I'm actually laying underneath the chair right now. Oh my gosh. Uh, and last but not least, Brandon. Gotta end this by mentioning the passing of an actual guitar god. Like so many from my generation, we grew up with music of Van Halen. Rest in peace, Eddie Van Halen. Thanks, Mr. X. He is the GOAT. Eddie Van Halen. And Mr. X, you're a GOAT too because you, you consistently message us questions, comments, concerns so if you want to be like mr x and get glory from not just me but from brandon sometimes studio audience sometimes a mascot email us curveball exactly email us curveball ncs at gmail.com you can jump on the twitter and dm us curveballs ncs you can facebook us curveballs and chair shots you can even twitter us curveballs ncs boom now let's get into the wrestling news now we have some uh some rather strange wrestling news to talk about we have alberto de rio in the news for all the wrong reasons he has been indicted on five felony charges due to kidnapping sexual and sexual assault now i don't know if we need to really get into all of it but this stems from a may 3rd incident which he allegedly sexually assaulted a woman he was in a relationship with after he accused her of being unfaithful uh, an incident that she said wasn't isolated to that night. So, I mean, we've kind of talked about it in the past, uh, Del Rio. I mean, he had the relationship with Paige. That was kind of notable for, you know, all these different things that that took place both publicly and privately. I don't think we need to really go too much into it, but just Del Rio has a track record of uh, not being the best guy. Which is funny because I think I watched one of the interviews that uh, he did right before he went back to WWE. And it was just him explaining why he got fired. And it was because like some writer was very inappropriate, made some bad comments and he took offense to it. And it made me think like, Oh, maybe Del Rio is actually a pretty good guy. And then all these things with Paige came out. And now this is like, God, you are a piece of shit. Like I'm happy you're gone. And you know, and by the way, he looks like a fucking crackhead. I would uh, have not seen a recent picture of him, not really keeping up on his socials or just his news in general. So I would not be shocked if he's doing any it's a little, some little uh, extracurricular activities. Now, as we speak, SmackDown is going on and the draft is taking place. Don't exactly have to go through. Uh, I mean, we can just go through the uh, some of the picks that have taken place right now. Oh, it looks like we have a uh, returning Lars Sullivan. That's uh, that's great. And uh, he's going to be in the pool, possibly drafted to either Raw or SmackDown. Dominic, any thoughts on Lars Sullivan? being drafted or not being drafted but returning bad timing my man he really want to bring this guy before the election jeez and more breaking news we have the tampa bay rays they have defeated the new york yankees two to one and they will advance to face the houston astros in the alcs now dominic my yankees are out of it you, you, you said the astros will win regardless I'm, I'm a little scared that the astros will make it all the way to the 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 World Series and get that. Hey, I picked it Yankees, Dodgers in the World Series, so I'm already fucked. So I don't care anymore. 
I mean, last time I checked the Do- I mean, last time I checked the Dodgers are still in it. My National League pennant winner, sorry, Mr. X, we're not in it anymore. Eh, whatever. Yeah, I still go with the with the Astros. All right. So in the first round, Raw had Drew McIntyre, no shock there, and SmackDown gets Roman Reigns. So the main men's titles are staying plus staying put. Uh, Raw has Asuka, but the big news out of the first round is Seth Rollins is the property of smackdown now now dominic uh, we don't really know where murphy is quite yet so uh what what do you think is going to be going on does it mean we're going to get some uh murphy people murphy comes over with him mysterio comes over with him because right now he's kind of in the middle of a storyline so you would think you know someone from that stable or whatever is going to be moving on with them oh yeah totally i don't i definitely don't know what's going to happen because i haven't totally been on my phone dominic just fucking tell me I was going to go Myster- round by round. Mysterio and Dominic go to SmackDown. Wow. Great. I'm so excited. Ray and Dominic. Just said Dominic, Ray and Dominic. Dominic, who spells his name wrong. Yes, exactly. And then the entirety of the Hurt Business is on Raw as well. So uh, fun, fun there. Uh, AJ Styles is going to Raw. AJ Styles is, I guess, technically heel. So I think that's another good matchup that we can see over there with uh, Drew McIntyre. Hopefully AJ gets the title. I think they need to take it up for Drew. So mm. Sasha Banks will be teaming up with Bailey on SmackDown. So just kind of making that official, I guess. Wait, what? Sasha Banks. Is on- you you know what I mean? She is now on SmackDown oh. because Dominic. Come on, don't be an idiot. Well, no. Well, you said teaming, and I was like, wait, what happened? You know, Brandon, you need to watch your language, okay? Like, you well, know, I, not I, not I, not cussing. I don't give a shit if you cuss, but you know, you can't say teaming when they mean joining and stuff like that. You gotta like, you know, I'm stupid. You gotta, you know, paint a picture. What that just knew everything. You know that the Mysterials are on SmackDown now. Watch your mouth. Exactly. Uh, Naomi is over on Raw. Maybe she turns heel and can go up against Oscar, just straight up babyface, babyface. I mean, people really are high on Naomi. I've never really been too high on her potential, but uh, I mean, she's a good character. I got really nothing against her. It's it's the finishing move for me. The rear end, I, I think it's a fucking abomination. So. Dominic's favorite woman's wrestler in the world, Bianca Belair. We have seen her some uh, segments on Raw. Now she's on SmackDown, Dominic. Are you so excited? You just can't hide it. I'm excited for the fact that I'm hoping she gets the the push she deserves. I'm not a f- just because I'm not a fan of her. I'm not going to say hashtag she doesn't crack. <laughs> I was hoping you were just going to leave it alone. Hey, you um, called me out of my burp. I got to call you out in your voice crack. All right. <laughs> um, not just because I'm not a fan of hers doesn't mean she doesn't deserve a push. I think SmackDown give her a good opportunity to showcase her talents on the women's division that isn't really kind of stacked at the moment i mean because raw you had oscar you had you know uh xena vega peyton royce yeah hurt uh not hurt squad right squad um you got you got a lot of women there smackdown you're kind of just bailey and sasha at the moment so i mean i, I think she'll be a good uh, good addition uh, technically, the tag t- women's tag team champions can just bounce back and forth, but Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler are officially on the Raw roster, so good for him, good for them. Uh, Ricochet, Shayna. 
him, them, shut the fuck up. Uh, Jay Uso staying on SmackDown. We get Mandy Rose staying on Raw. Oh my God, Dominic and Rey Mysterio are going to SmackDown. That's so crazy. And they basically switch places with The Miz and John Morrison on Raw. So, uh, yeah, I have not liked anything of Miz and Morrison, I think, really at all. So I can't wait to watch them now do the same exact thing on Raw. Uh, I wouldn't mind if they beat the Street Profits just to, you know, change up the tag title scene. We get Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods, not Biggie, moving over to Raw. So maybe that means Biggie is Biggie is staying on SmackDown. So now the New Day, I guess, are kind of like officially broken up now. Your thoughts on Biggie kind of now officially getting that singles push without the New Day by him? Uh, as much as I would love for him to actually get a major title i don't see it happening i think it and it's nothing against him i just think kofi is the reason kofi got it was yes it was a long overdue yes it was the right timing for it all but you know he he kind of connects connected with everybody in that crowd biggie only connects with certain people in my opinion so i you know i think i i think he'll get there but he won't actually get the title and Jimmy Butler just got forearmed in the face, so that's uh, great for the Heat. And then finally, or not finally, but Dana Brooke is on Raw. Great to see that. Otis staying on SmackDown, and Hel Garza staying on Raw. And uh, that, right now, that is the end of the draft. Right now, there's still about a half hour, I believe. Or no, SmackDown is over at this point. So, uh, uh, great draft, people. So excited. Where's John Cena going? Oh, I don't. He's a free agent. He can do whatever he wants because he's John Cena. Remember? What about the Undertaker? I don't know, Dominic. Why don't you take it up? Goldberg. NXT Takeover Thirty (laughs) One took place on Sunday. Uh, Maybe not the obviously not like the top tier best takeovers ever, but I thought for these empty arena takeovers, it was damn good. Dominic, we have to go through all the matches one by one, but I think the crowning jewel was that main event with Kyle O'Reilly and Finn Balor, just a knockdown slugfest. Finn Balor, uh, I guess, broke his jaw, hairline fracture in his jaw. So, uh, I mean, fantastic match. What what else is there to say? I mean, it was, you know, 20-star match, man. I think they kicked ass, literally kicked jaw. But, uh, I mean... Do you is that I mean, of course, best match of the night, but other than that, what was the next best one? Because I think it's self safe to say that was the best match, though. So. Yeah, I think that definitely was the best match. If I'm gonna go with the second one, I'm gonna go with the cruiserweight title match. I thought that cruiserweight match was really good. It had the storyline behind it, so it had a little extra. I mean, it was it had the most storyline behind it compared to all the other matches. So I mean, I really did enjoy that match, and it wasn't like a super over the top X division spot fest. It Told a good story, and I think that that's what I would go with my second. And then, you know, we got the women's match over there. No title changes at all, so not really surprising that that didn't happen, but overall, I thought it was a, a good takeover. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I think I liked the, sadly enough, Candice versus EO match a little bit better than that, probably, but just because, especially at the end, when you get Tony, Storm, and Ember Moon coming out, so, you know. And we will talk about both of those women because they had a spotlight shown on them on this week's NXT. But they kick off NXT with 
Kushida taking on Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah, you kind of knew that there was going to be a, a shitty finish for this match because you knew they weren't going to give a finish after Kushida just won. Ciampa kind of spitting his rules right now, but he's definitely a top tier guy and they're going to want to protect him. And that's exactly what they did. Velveteen Dream comes out, uh, attacks Ciampa, costs Kushida the win. So Ciampa technically gets the win, but uh, I was wondering if this was kind of after the Kushida handily defeating or i guess like at least tapping out a velveteen dream that you would think maybe this is a way to write him off because of all the things that's happened but no they go right back to velveteen dream and kind of continuing on with this feud with kushida i want this feud to be over with i think kushida is great but they need to get him away from velveteen dream velveteen dream needs to go away for a long 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 time or just go away forever Whoa, I'm not murdering the guy. Just fire him, if anything. Damn, Brandon. That, because, you know, I definitely said to murder Velveteen Dream. You just did. I, that's exactly what I just said. All right. Speaking of Evermoon, she had her comeback promo. Uh, she comes back. I mean, it's Evermoon. She's not the best promo. Kind of awkward. Uh, she has, uh, what the hell, Ember? Ember time? Moon? I forget what the hell. Ember's Law. That's what her little saying was. And she basically, you know, says that she wants to face EO. Uh, EO comes out. Uh, Dakota Kai, Gonzalez, Rhea Ripley come out. You know, that little kerfuffle. And then that sets up the tag team main event. So, Dominic, kind of your overall thoughts on Ember Moon coming back to NXT. Which you called. I'm... <sighs> I don't know how to feel. Because I feel like going back to NXT is great but I think she deserves to be on the main roster and to be a champion. I think her and Asuka could maybe, you know, have a big, you know, I mean, she lost her title to Asuka. I think it would have been a good feud. That could have been a good driving force behind the storyline is, you know, I want that title. You beat me in NXT. I'm here to take your crown or something like that. I mean, her and Bailey could have had a great feud or her and Sasha, if Sasha, went, if Sasha beats Bailey, no matter where, no matter around it i think she deserves to be on the main roster but if they want to send her back just because they feel that she needs work or they need her to kind of do some stuff before they can put it back i'm all for it yeah we talked about this last week that the women's division is you know really strong down there in nxt i think ember moon would have been a good addition to either the raw or smackdown women's division because i do think it's a little thin at the moment. So, I mean, I would have liked to see her on the main roster a little bit more because I think there's, I mean, I think she's definitely going to be treated better on NXT than on the main roster, but uh, she might get lost a little bit in the shuffle. You got, you know, her, Tony, Rhea, Candice, Shotzi out there. So, I mean, it's good because there are so many women on the roster to kind of have multiple storylines branching off and doing some things. But I think it's just kind of a wait and see approach. I think at the end of the day, Tony Storm is like she is the she's the woman, and I think she's gonna be the one between the two to be a bigger deal than Ember Moon. Is she gonna be the one that beats EO, or are you gonna have a heel beat EO? I I wouldn't be shocked if we see a heel Tony Storm. I mean, just, I guess just jumping right into it. Tony had a a little video package where she kind of just was on the beach. She was in Cancun saying she had to get her mind right, you know, get away from everything. And at the end, she said, it's going to be a Tony Storm like you've never seen before. That could just be a baby face being motivated, but that also could be a little hint that maybe she gets a little more aggressive and turns heel. 
I mean, if it is great, wonderful. If it's not great, wonderful. I, I think Tony in NXT is what NXT needs. Uh, so in between the uh, two women returning segments, we had Killian Dane and Drake Maverick. They had a match against Ever Rise. Drake Maverick kind of saying to Killian Dane that I've been texting you all these ideas. You don't respond to me. And uh, it's a fun little, uh, you know, buddy comedy. So uh, odd couple tag team. It's no Kane and Dana Bryan, but I get a kick out of it. I, I did kind of chuckle at the uh, whistling music theme for Drake and Dane. So that's going to be a, a good one going forward. I mean, it's it's good and all. I mean, I feel like they're just kind of swimming around this idea of them too. They're not really going to be able to do anything with it. I don't think they're tag champion material. So, I, I mean, they're just going to be there for a while doing nothing probably. And it's not the it's not the best comedy in the world. It's not dumb WWE comedy, but NXT doesn't do too much of that. I mean, Unexpected Air does a little bit of it, but it's kind of unintentional comedy. So I'm fine with it where it is. We get the Garganos, Candice, LeRae, and Johnny Gargano going on a dog walk, walking the old dog. And then they get to their house and Indy Hartwell left a little present for them at the door. Set up a big old TV to replace after uh, the little incident with tegan knox and then we have another segment later on where johnny was watching the usb that was provided and it kind of showed that indy was looking out for candace helping her throughout the match so obviously setting up some sort of link with indy hartwell and the garganos where would you see this relationship going like do you see big things or just just you know just something to make you know fill the time fill the void yeah, Oreo. I've never been too I don't know too much about Indy Hartwell to really gauge, you know, what her potential is, but I think she could be, you know, a good little hand. I mean, not to be like insulting because that's kind of an insulting thing to tell wrestlers, but I think she's kind of like, you know, the foil for like kind of the mini boss before you get to Candace or maybe she's just kind of the uh, the goon because she's not really like overpowering like Raquel Gonzalez is and I don't think you want exactly that same dynamic between Larray and Hartwell so maybe they kind of form a tag team or maybe I mean Johnny was the one that was a lot more uh, appreciative and kind of up for Indy kind of joining the group so maybe uh, Hartwell is kind of more linked with Johnny than with Candace. Maybe you have like an affair angle and Johnny and Candace divorce or break up and, you know, it turns Candace face. Or you can hear me out. You tell a story between a man and a woman where there is no like sexual undertones whatsoever. It's just a man who has a platonic friendship with another woman. Let's ask the studio audience. Hey, uh, do you, would you be interested in a story that a man who is married has a platonic relationship, AKA just a friendly friendship with a woman. What the fuck did you just say? Never mind, Brendan. We'll explain it later to her. You can explain it to her. Uh, we get Dexter Loomis taking on Austin Theory. Austin Theory gets a quick little squash match and then calls out someone. And then that someone is Dexter Loomis. Dexter Loomis beats Theory. So uh, Theory, you know, breaks his losing streak, but then he's right back on the same path. Wait, what'd you just say? Austin Theory beats. Austin Theory breaks his losing streak because he had the quick little squash match beforehand. With who? With I Leo Ruff or something like that. 
Okay, because I thought you said Dexter Loomis, and then he calls out Dexter Loomis. I thought that's what you said. I said Austin Theory called out someone, and that someone was Dexter Loomis. Oh, okay. Sorry. Anyways, Dexter Loomis returns. I've never been too high on him, but uh, maybe he's just going to lurk around and be spooky and have a match every now and then, hopefully. But it seems as though he's going to be doing something with uh, Cameron Grimes. Do you do you ever think somebody like Loomis will make a main roster? Or do you think he's just going to be one of those NXT people that just eventually gets cut? I think he has potential on the main roster, not like great potential, but I think he has potential just because Vince sees him and he almost like is a one note gimmick on NXT. And that's what Vince loves. He likes to hone in on one aspect of the character and just make that the character. So I think if Loomis were to bring get brought up to Raw or SmackDown, I think he would kind of thrive like baron corbin or uh, elias maybe more like elias because elias just kind of is a one-trick pony okay i mean i don't know much about loomis so i i'll take your word for it buddy then we had uh, ridge holland defeat danny birch uh so ridge holland gets the quick win over danny birch he's beaten down birch only lorkin comes out to make the save and i i knew that there's an injury and I was like okay I'm waiting for it it didn't happen during the match and then Lorkin beats him up but then Ridge goes over on him I was like okay they just so basically Ridge or Holland whatever he beats up on uh, Oni Lorkin like two or three times but then Oni just kept going back at him and then it was finally on the last one they did a, a plancha where I don't even know what the hell the real move is but I don't know if they're kind of trying to do the spot where Ridge catches him and then slams him because it kind of looked like the way he was trying to ho- catch him from the dive but Ridge's left leg gives out and it, I mean when you see it obviously you knew that something bad was happening because he immediately grabs his leg he's in pain and the referees like tackle Oni Lorcan and throw up the X and it, it was just bad especially after the the big angle that happened at the end of takeover uh, i'll have to watch this then because it, it just sounds like it's devastating i mean it wasn't i mean you you know looking at it especially because you know that it's going on that you can clearly see it but it wasn't like alex smith or like a gruesome leg injury like we've seen somewhere else like it's kind of like his knee buckles shakes a little bit and then he falls down oh uh, uh, yeah because i was thinking can we get like- a live watch along with dominic watching the injury okay. Sure. Let me look it up. Let me, uh, let's see. Uh, I don't know if you're, oh, can you, uh, sorry. can you mute it for a second, Dominic, as you try to uh, find that clip? Okay, on fine. It. I'll mute it and then I'll unmute it in a second. All right. So as Dominic tries to find that clip, we will go on and talk about Shotzi, a black card. Dominic's girl goes up and defeats Zaya Lee. Shotzi, uh, I mean, it was a quick kind of not a squash exactly because they're doing some things with Zaya Lee kind of turning heel, not really. And then at the end of the match, we get, uh, I think his name's Boa. He's another Chinese wrestler. He hands Zia Lee an envelope and uh, very similar to, well, not exactly similar to, but I guess they're putting these two wrestlers together because they're both Chinese. So there you go. Great storytelling there. Dominic, have you found the clip? I found it. Let's, are you ready? I I am ready, Dominic. It's 28 seconds long. Can we wait that long? I think we can. Okay, here we go. Let's see. Okay. Up and over. Oh, uh, yeah. It's not that bad, but you can see they... they, Okay, I see. They tackle him. Yep. Okay. 
I don't think it. Yeah, you're right. It's not like it was. He's going to be gone for a while. Yeah, he 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 gone. He gone. Uh, he's going to be joining Tegan Knox, unfortunately, on that rehab stand. So, Dominic, your thoughts, uh, your girl Shotzi, she is going to be hosting the return of Halloween Havoc on October 28th. Shotzi, big horror fan. If you turn into her Instagram, she's posting all these videos of her movie of the day. Your thoughts on Halloween Havoc returning and Shotzi being the host. I think that's something that somebody mentioned. I, I remember hearing it either when we were playing video games or last week or something that they're like, they need to bring back Halloween Havoc. And they did. I'm happy. Can't wait. Shotzi is probably the perfect person to host it too. So, And uh, any thoughts quickly on Xia Li? them kind of furthering her heel turn and putting her with the, another Chinese wrestler because that's what happens with Chinese people. They're always working together. Uh, I, I hate that. I mean, I'm not going to say yes or no, but I mean, it, you know, uh, no, no comment right now. Which means Dominic does not know what to say. In the main event, Rhea Ripley and Ember Moon take on and defeat. Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. Ember Moon gets the win, pinning Dakota Kai. Uh, I mean, this was kind of expected. Kai is kind of that designated person uh, to job to the stars at this moment. I kind of wish Kai could be a little bit something bigger, but that's not what her role is at the moment. Moon and Ripley stand tall. Maybe a little bit of dissension possibly going forward. Who knows? But uh, yeah, I thought it was all right. I thought it was good. I mean, I, I much rather have Rhea challenge EO just because of the whole how Rhea lost the title to Charlotte and then, you know, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, you know, whoever gets the title shot, I don't care. You know, now let's move on to the raw recap. And we finally get the leader of retribution revealed. And it is none other than Ali. We had Ali on SmackDown possibly being the hacker. Then we move on to retribution and it is Ali. So Dominic, what is your thoughts on him? being the leader it i'm gonna say it is shocking do i do i like it not really but it does give him kind of he, he's kind of rebranded now i've never seen him as a heel he's always been a face so again he's getting put in a situation that no one's really seen him in so i hope he thrives i like ollie a lot but i don't know how well he's gonna do in this situation I kind of like it on two fronts because Ali is underutilized. I kind of wish that they played out that hacker gimmick to really see what they could do with them if he was the uh, the hacker. But I like it because he's getting a, a bigger opportunity. But also I like it on the other hand that they're not, quote unquote, wasting another talent. Like if Keith Lee was ended up being the leader of Retribution, I would have been I would have lost my mind because Ali is he's talented, but I don't think he's really is that next level like a Keith Lee, Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns type of guy could be. So I'm kind of happy that they're not using another person to br I, I feel like Ali, if Ali because Ali is the leader, he's getting pulled up kind of. But if Keith Lee was the leader, he'd be getting pulled down. Oh, 100 100 agreed. But, you know, like I said, though, also, he's it's a heel now. He's never been a heel. So now he's swimming uncharted water for him and his career. If he doesn't hit the ball out of the park the first couple of weeks, he's fucked. Then we get Seth Rollins and his buddy Murphy having a little uh, disagreement 
on Raw, Murphy attacks Seth and kind of off to the races. We talked about it. Now Seth and the Mysterios are moved over to SmackDown. I would not be shocked if now Murphy is the latest person to move over on SmackDown if he is in the different pool on Monday. Uh, you know, I think Murphy, I, heard, I think this whole Seth, Mur- Seth Murphy, Seth Rollins, Buddy Murphy thing has run its course pretty much. I would really like to see Murphy get a singles run and be a, you know, United States or, you know, I would love for him to be a world champion. I mean, but that ain't going to happen. But they did kind of lean in a little bit more with kind of the romantic relationship between Murphy and Aaliyah. So I I don't exactly know how far they're going to be going with that, but everyone's kind of saying that this is disgusting and this should be taking place. And now WWE is kind of going in that direction. I mean, that's WWE for you. I mean, Vince McMahon sold his daughter to Triple H, so. Okay. Uh, in the main event, we had a six-man tag, Randy Orton, Dolph Ziggler, and Robert Roode defeat Drew McIntyre and the Street Profits. We kicked off Raw with Orton doing a sit-down promo. McIntyre finds him, beats him up, but Randy Orton wins by pinning Drew McIntyre with the RKO, so I guess that gives a little heat to the feud that's been going on forever, it seems like. Randy Orton keeps on losing to McIntyre, so I it makes sense if you're going to go back to this at Hell in a Cell to have Orton at least beat the champion one time out of four months or three months. Or is this foreshadowing and Randy's going to beat that ass in Hell in a Cell and RKO him off the top of the cell? I don't know. We're going to have to stay tuned and find out. Now, uh, we have uh, a melding of SmackDown and Raw here with Kevin Owens. Was on the uh, was on SmackDown last week, and he interviewed Alexa Bliss. The Fiend comes out, attacks him. So then this goes over to Raw to where now we're getting a Kevin Owens-Fiend feud, it seems like, obviously. Uh, I don't know how to feel. I want to feel happy because... These are two good wrestlers who can put on a great match, but then it's like, can they? Though, Kevin... Can Bray Wyatt put on a great match? When has Bray Wyatt had a great match? Uh, you see Hell in a Cell last year, amazing. It, it was amazing for all the wrong reasons, but I mean, I guess it's good that Kevin Owens finally is getting something. He's been kind of laying waste since WrestleMania, and damn, we're already in like mid October at this point. So good for him, I guess. But. Uh, Lastly, Keith Lee and Braun Strowman have a, a fight all over the place. So I would assume once the draft shakes out that one of these guys is going to get moved over and they're going to continue this feud. Who would you rather see move, Keith or Braun? Just just wondering. I'm, I would kind of want to say Keith Lee over to SmackDown because that kind of leaves the possibility of Keith Lee versus Roman but then that also leaves the possibility of a Roman just beating Keith on maybe his way to facing the rock at WrestleMania. So I don't know if that's exactly what I would want to see, but uh, I think that's kind of the move, I guess. I the, the rock at WrestleMania. Really? Really? All right. I'm going to hold to that Dominic. You're saying Roman Reigns versus the rock at WrestleMania. That is not going to happen. What happens if it does? Mm. I'll buy you dinner. Oh, damn. You haven't bought me dinner in, in ages. Okay, so uh, finally, we're going to go over AEW Dynamite. They were celebrating the 30 years 
of Chris Jericho. They had some celebrities sprinkled in throughout, giving them, you know, a shout out, showing them some love from the wrestling rock, you know, just Jericho's life in general. Uh, I quite enjoyed it. I thought they pulled a lot of big names and because they don't have footage or a lot of photos from Jericho's, you know, 29 of his 30 years, it's kind of hard to really, you know, tell a story visually. So I thought they did a good job at going around that with a lot of celebrities. Um, you do. I heard you just mentioned the rock was, did a shout out. What? You said the rock did a shout out. I said rock and roll. Oh, sorry. I, I didn't hear the roll part. That's why I was like, what? Because I was going to say, like, how's the rock getting away with I being said on wrestling TV? and rock legends? Whatever, Brandon. I don't pay attention to you. Okay. Brandon, 30 years of Chris Jericho. What year, or how do I say, what was Prime Jericho? What year to what year? Absolute Prime Jericho. I would say would be the entirety of the 2000s. So we'll just go from the year 2000 to 2010 because you have the his athletic prime in the early 2000s to where he could wrestle and have those fantastic matches. But then when you work over to the end of the 2000s with the 2008 feud with uh, Shawn Michaels, it's kind of like the perfect mend meld of, you know, athletic prime with him finally like really, I mean, he's always been a great character guy, but I mean, his heel work in that feud was definitely like the height of his career. So I think that 10 year stretch right there out of the 30 is, is probably the height. And, and it makes sense. Cause it's the middle part. I think I have to agree. I think, you know, if I had to, I would probably do up until when he, when John Cena beat him and he had to like retire wink, wink. Um, Cause I didn't, honestly, I didn't really care for the save us Y2J guy all the way up until that 2008 and all that. So, I mean, I, I think I liked it up until that was what, 2005, right? Some, something, I don't know the exact year, but 2000 to when he got fired on Raw by, after losing to John Cena, when he got FU'd in the trash can. That's that's prime Jericho. We start off Dynamite with Brian Cage defending his... Uh, FTW championship against local boy Will Hobbs. Will Hobbs, unfortunately, came up short. Uh, I thought this was a really good match. You know, two big dudes, different body type from what we normally see on AEW. I thought they, you know, put together a, a good match. Uh, I think Hobbs got a little bit out of losing, but I kind of wish that they didn't do this on Dynamite all the time to where you have, like, you know, the young up-and-comer, you know, give up a good fight, and then he loses in the end. They kind of do that a little, a little too much on AEW. Will, I mean, do you think he's going to amount to anything more than just being this up-and-comer guy, do you think? We talked about it, I think, when he first kind of showed up on AEW that I've seen a bunch of his matches here locally, but when it comes to like his mic work and his character work, that's where I kind of wonder what he can do. I mean, athletically speaking, he's really athletic. His matches... From what I've seen, you know, that could be complete, you know, they're not going to be Kenny Omega in New Japan matches by any means. But I think he's good enough that, I mean, I think comparing him to Brian Cage is a very good comparison. You know, two bigger guys, you know, a little on the shorter side, so they can move a little bit. What the hell was that? Sorry, he's uh, going off on a little 
little barking spree right now. Hmm. What is the uh, studio audience doing about it? Trying Everybody to calm him down. Trying to no, trying to calm him down so I can talk. Oh, he's had too much raise energy. He is just hyped up and ready to tackle on the day. If you like some raise energy, go to repsports.com. That is rep with two P's. And use CBCS at checkout to get 15% off all raise energy products. Damn, that, that was smooth, brother. Uh, your thoughts on Cage and Hobbs? I like it. I mean, I don't like the two big beefy men. But then again, they're both athletic, so. It's not too bad. We get another brush with greatness as FTR defeats TH2. Uh, I mean, I thought this was a really good athletic match. Maybe not as good as the SCU match last week, but uh, this is kind of what FTR is going to be doing. They're going to have really stellar 10 plus minute matches seemingly every week. Something that WWE can never do. Then after the fact, we get the best friends come out and, uh, put up on the Jumbotron that the FTR are weenies because they don't want to defend their titles against them. And this is leading obviously into a match between these two. I have kind of mixed feelings because the comedy is WWE comedy. It's stupid, but also it's best friends. It's kind of what they do. It's a wink and a nod. They're not exactly doing it to be funny. They're kind of doing it to be ironically not funny, but it's like, because WWE has done this for such a long time, it's like I roll my eyes at it. So I'm kind of conflicted. I'm I'm trying to I'm gonna to try to answer this without my dog barking. It is stupid, but I think it is the better kind of stupid. WWE is more trying to get you to laugh when AEW is just trying to get you to get like a little chuckle. If that makes any sense, they're not they're not trying to bust your gut. They're just trying to get you to go. Huh? Okay, I see it. Now, in not the main event, but kind of the marquee match of the night, we had Cody taking on Brody Lee for the TNT championship in a dog collar match. And my God, I absolutely love this match. It was a gimmick match that was intense, hard hitting. It was nasty. And that's what gimmick matches should be. I thought they did a good job of really building it up. They had Greg Valentine uh, over watching in the stands, Jim Ross, Tony Giovanni, you know, history guys were able to really put over that 83 match with, uh, uh, the hammer and Roddy Piper. So I just loved everything about it, but the match itself phenomenal. I absolutely loved it. Now I know people on the internet are kind of getting mad at Cody about winning the title and putting himself over all the time, but I really don't care. Cody is, I think the best thing going on AEW dynamite. Dominic, what do you think of the match itself? I thought it was, it was pretty good. Um, it, it had so many different dynamics that, you know, it made even someone like me who, you know, doesn't really always, always want to tune in and watch wrestling made me want to tune in and watch it. Um, the only thing I have to take away from it, and it's something stupid that you're probably going to call me a dumbass or Dominic says some stupid ass shit, whatever, is the fact that I feel like it's Cody's hair. He dyed it back to black. He's more badass now. He, you know, you know he's demon Cody. That's why he won this title. I'm not going to call you stupid. I think it's a, a nice little character change. I think Cody is always doing it uh, and always kind of switching up a little bit, which I mean, the, the neck tattoo is a completely separate subject, but uh, I really have been enjoying what Cody has been doing. I'm moving on to the aftermath. I think the promo that Cody cut was just phenomenal. I think Cody is one of the only guys really in the business that can cut those old school 
kind of pandering. I love the fans. You love me. Help me win the title and, you know, cheer me on to victory type of promos. I don't really see too much in wrestling in general, because I think it's kind of, I don't know if I'd say it's played out in cliche, but I think wrestlers are just kind of too cool for school and don't want to do that. So because Cody does it, and it seems like he believes it, it makes it all that much better, all that much more better. I mean, I also think it helps that Cody eat, sleeps, lives, everything about the business. Not to say that other people don't, but, you know, his his dad also helped him do everything about the business as well. So, you know, Cody, Co- Cody can do no wrong, I think, at this point. But just like every other wrestler, he needs to be careful because one slip up and you're screwed. Then Orange Cassidy came out because during the whole Raw Raw speech, Cody said, I'm going to, uh, you know, let someone challenge me for this title next week on the anniversary show. Orange Cassidy comes out and we've kind of already talked a little bit about it, Dominic. Uh, I think it's going to be a fun match. Uh, besides the fact that I don't think Cassidy deserves this match. Uh, I mean, I I'm kind of 50, 50. I, I, I kind of don't care about it just because it's kind of like, it's Cody and orange, like two faces that I like. What what's gonna happen is gonna make me be like, oh my god, holy shit! But then again, I also forget that you know, two faces usually you can have two heels come out, mess up the match, and now you have a great tag team match. So I'm kind of half and half. We get the remainder of the AEW World Title Tournament. Uh, Hangman Page will be a part of it. Uh, Kenny Omega also a part of it. We had Omega in a backstage interview, kind of reacting to it. He called hangman and tag team wrestler and i mean it's a very it's an obvious story i think they kind of got off track with omega and page i think they've kind of steered the ship a little bit better so i think they're on the right path Uh, i haven't seen a bracket or anything but i would assume page and omega are on opposite ends and they're going to meet up in the finals and hangman wins and kenny goes berserk and beats the living shit out of him and then we have it uh, cleaner kenny again or maybe Hangman puts up a bigger fight than Kenny thought, and Kenny goes berserk and beats him down and almost murders him, but he wins anyways. But he turns into the cleaner. Or John Cena comes out and screws everyone. Or The Rock comes out and wrestles John Moxley at double or nothing. Or I come out there and wrestle John Moxley. That's what you've been doing all this time. That's why. What do you think? So what do you think? What do you think I do in the bathroom all this, all these times? Masturbate. Uh. Big Swole took on Serena Deeb. I think both these women had a tough act to follow after the doll collar match, but I thought they did a decent enough job. It was, you know, hard hitting, but also kind of sloppy at times. We haven't seen Swole, I think, really since the uh, Britt Baker match at All Out, but I mean, it was fine. Brit, uh, not Brit, Swole, Big Swole is the number two contender to the women's title. So maybe uh, she'll have a match with Sheeta sooner rather than later, or maybe just have another feud with someone else. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm kind of starting to come around to Big Swole after the whole Brit thing, but I still think she has a lot to learn or prove or something like that. We get John Moxley had a. I don't know exactly how you would call it, kind of a video, a little promo uh, at the bar. He is talking about his time with Lance Archer when they wrestled at Wrestle Kingdom. He 
barely got out of there alive. Uh, Lance Archer also had a similar promo earlier on in the episode, uh, really building up their match next week at the anniversary show. I think they did a good job here getting both of the guys in to do the promos, even though they can't have them, or at least Archer, in the building during his quarantine. So I think with both of them not really available to do things in person, I think it was a really job well done. I really enjoyed Moxley's promo in particular. Well, I think these promos are great and I like Moxley's the most, but I mean, not that I, not that I don't like a good promo, but I love a good match better. And I can't wait till these guys wrestle next week. Then in the main event on Chris Jericho's 30th anniversary show, the inner circle, Chris Jericho and John, Mo- not John Moxley, Chris Jericho and Jake Hager took on chaos project, uh, Luther and, uh, Serpentico and a uh, good God, Luther should not be wrestling whatsoever, but he was, and he lost to Chris Jericho. Uh, Dominic, your thoughts on the match. First of all, I thought it was a joke that, you know, 30, oh. 30 years ago. Yeah, no, I know. Nothing. Not that. Okay. Um, I thought it was a joke that Chris Jericho was like, oh, 30 years ago, I broke into the business with Luther and, you know, it's only fitting. I wrestle him 30 years, whatever. I thought it was a joke, but, yeah goddamn why is this guy wrestling um the match whatever i mean i kind of i kind of knew jerk i mean not only is it 30 years of jericho but i mean it's chris jericho and jake hager versus these two kind of you know z-list wrestlers so i kind of already knew they were gonna win then after jericho gets on the mic he's gonna thank everybody and seemingly you know maybe turning babyface and we get mjf comes out uh gives him a present brings out a clown and a picture of mjf we talked about it uh, these past few weeks i think they're definitely going in the direction of turning chris jericho babyface you can kind of see it in his mannerisms he's not as heelish and mjf jericho as a babyface seemingly is the path that we are on right now even though at the uh... moment they're getting together I don't like clowns either, Mr. Jericho. I would have done the same thing. All right. That is it, Dominic. We are finally done. I can go have my dinner after you had your dinner. So, you know, good for you. What is your dinner, Brandon? Uh, I don't know. I need to talk to mother. No, you mean your roommate. Yeah, my roommate. Uh, I say roommates. at, At the moment... The Heat are leading the Los Angeles Lakers 96 to 92 with seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter. We could just could just hold on and do a live watch along, but they were going to be here for like another hour. But uh, we will not do that. So until next time, my name is Brandon Tango. That's been Dominic Hobson along with the studio audience, the barking mascot. Over here, Rio. Exactly. This has been (laughs) another episode of Curveballs and Chair Shots. Thank you to Mr. X and Tyler for sending in those questions. Uh, I'm not allowed to talk about points and doinks, so I'm not going to talk about that. Uh, Till next time, goodbye and good night. Uh, Bye bye. (laughs) 